My name is Kyla and this is my podcast, The American Funeral. A space to talk about marginalized experiences, all injustices in our modern day society and how to do better consciously. This month is Black History Month, so obviously I had to do something special. And so this month I'm going to be doing a series on black queer icons to give space to these amazing, iconic parts of our history that are not talked about enough. This episode's credits go to the Black art story on wordpress for the amazing information that they provided that i used to write this episode so today we are going to be talking about drum roll please you know the late marlon riggs and his work as a prolific creative and a gay man in america so let's get into it Riggs was born on August 3rd, 1957 in Fort Worth, Texas. He was a military brat, a military kid, so he spent a lot of his childhood traveling. He lived in Texas and Georgia before moving to West Germany with his parents and his sister. Later in life, Riggs would talk about the bullying he experienced in high school and all the slurs he'd get called when he attended the high schools in Texas and Georgia. And he said, I was caught between these two worlds where, where the whites hated me and the blacks disparaged me. It was so painful. And I feel like that's an experience that a lot of us, especially if you're black and you're going to a school that's not in an urban setting and you're going to a primarily white school, I feel like that's an experience that you can really relate to because they're not enough black people at all and the whites just hate you because you're black so that you know 1957 and it's still happening in 2023 side eye america side eye anyway riggs is what i like to call an academic weapon you know it's giving it's really giving black excellence when we talk about riggs and his academic career path if if you can say that so when he came back to America from Germany, he went to Harvard University, not to be confused with Howard, because I always say Howard, because Howard is the illustrious Howard. Anyway, he went to Harvard University and graduated magna cum laude. And like many of us, college was a time where we come into ourselves and we're discovering who we are and like, what the fuck is life? And you know, what is it living on an air fryer and chicken nuggets every day? Like this, the college is a time you discover yourself. And for Riggs, he started to come into his identity as a gay man. Like he always knew this, but he, this is a time where he could fully like actualize it as him being a human being. And to make this even more iconic, right since there was no uh courses around queerness at harvard at the time i mean it was 1974 he petitioned the school's history department and received approval to pursue independent study of the portrayal of male homosexuality in american fiction and poetry badass bitch that's all i have to say about that anyway he finished harvard and he began working with many independent documentaries and productions in the bay area and continued to work on a multitude of documentaries with varying topics like american arms race nicaragua central america sexism disability and so much more he worked on a lot of documentaries and during this time he attended the university of california in berkeley where he graduated with a master's degree in journalism in 1981. He later, he would be hired as a part-time faculty at the Graduate School of Journalism in Berkeley to teach documentary and filmmaking, and he became the youngest tenured professor at Berkeley. Now, 
I don't know a lot about the world of academia, but I watch TV and I've watched enough TV to know that it is very hard to get tenure. And this brother not only got tenure, but was the youngest person to do so. I mean, come on, back to my point, academic weapon. So Marlon Riggs' form of activism was his filmmaking, his documentaries, and his writing. And I personally, um, I really do believe that activism comes in a lot of ways and in so many forms and shape, and it can look like even taking a moment for yourself in this world that demands so much of BIPOC individuals. And for me, this podcast is my activism. This is my way of being an activist. You know, obviously there's the protests and all of that and the resource sharing and all of that. And that is still a part of activism. But I feel like in um, in a world that demands so much of black people, you have to find a way to be an activist and a way to stay sane with your activism at the same time. And this podcast is mine and Riggs's um, filmmaking and documentary was his. So Riggs' first film, Word is Out, Stories of Some of Our Lives in 1977 was a collaborative project that explored the experiences of 26 gay men and lesbians. And this film was one of the first documentaries to showcase and portray the experiences of gay people and the story of their lives. It gave, it was by a gay man, so it really wasn't something that was our diversity kick to say. It really just gave these people a space to talk about their lives and to tell their authentic stories. So in 1987, he completed his first um, documentary by himself called Ethnic Nations, which was aired on public TV throughout the U.S. of A. Um, and the film explored and focused on the stereotypes and portrayal of black people. There were images of ugly savages and happy slaves that were popular throughout American culture in the late 19th century and the early 20th century. So there, you know, during that time, there was a lot of things going on. There were like minstrel shows were still a thing. The civil rights movement was very active. And, you know, white media and just general media tends to portray black people with a lot of stereotypes. And with this film, Riggs was intention was to combat those stereotypes and to shine a bright, a bright light on those stereotypes and be like, hey, these are not okay, right? You know, these these are actually kind of messed up and stuff like that. Like you should you should definitely not be portraying slaves as happy because there's no single person in this world that would be happy to be a slave. Oh, that's my case. Anyway, in eighteen in nineteen eighty nine, Riggs produced his first solo film. Now now this person did both films and documentaries, and he did them both phenomenally, right? Let's start there. He produced his first solo film, Tongues and Tide, which explored the experiences of black gay men. The three voices in the film were Wiggs, as well as Essex Hemphill and Joseph Beam, two amazing gay rights activists that were also um, unfortunately sick with HIV AIDS. And if you have the capacity, it's Black History Month. Make the capacity. Go check out these two amazing men, Essex Hemphill and Joseph Beam, truly amazing activists. And other than that film in 1989, in 1988, Riggs was diagnosed with HIV. And after, after undergoing treatment for a near-fatal kidney hos- failure at the hospital in Germany. So while undergoing this treatment, he was diagnosed with AIDS. And despite his health, he still taught 
and he still made documentaries, you know? And in his short piece in 1990 called Affirmations, and he explored the African-American male sexuality, which is what he was doing in college. You remember that major he petitioned for? And the relationship with their community. And he really took that time and that short piece to really focus in on like what black black men's sexuality looks like and how this affects their relationship with the black community and how this kind of alienates them from their community because of homosexuality being seen as a traditionally negative thing. And in Color Adjustment in 1999, he explored the treatment of black people in popular American TV. So in 1922, Briggs directed a film, it's in French, non. Je ne regrette rien. No regret. It just means no regret in French. I'm sorry if I butchered there to French people listening to this. In which five gay black men who are HIV positive discuss how they're battling the double stigmas surrounding their infection and homosexuality. The series was screened in observation of World AIDS Day and Day Without Art. While Riggs was working on Black Is and Black Ain't, which was to be the final film, he died in April 5th, on April 5th, 1994, before he could finish it from AIDS-related complications. The project was finished by his co-producer, Nicole Atkinson, and co-director slash editor, Christian Bagley. Now, what is commonly known about Riggs is that he's a filmmaker, documentary maker, and but what's not popular information about him was his poetry that was featured in one of his films called Tongues United. And he was also such an amazing and provocative writer, and he wrote an essay called Black Macho Revisited, Reflection of a Snap Queen. It is such an amazing piece that I actually read, and I think that y'all should definitely read it. And it talks about the representation of black men and how black gay men have been portrayed as an other because they do not fit in the definition of a black man that has been radically perpetuated by white supremacy. He talks about how this makes black gay men like an other in both white America and their own communities and talks about the constant dehumanization, racism, and homophobia that black gay men continuously experience in both spaces that they have to exist in so marlon's work was such an art he had a consistent stance throughout his work like when you see his work you know that this is pro-black this is pro-gay and he it's not like he was just like directly outwardly saying it but it was the way that he did it it was the way that he was so intentional in putting a focus and a highlight on black queer people black gay men and telling their stories and allowing space for him and these people in their in his art he used his platform to tell the full stories and experiences of black gay men in america and to tell and portray how black people have been portrayed in america and to fix that to fix that narrative and to make space for the black experience and the gay experience to have space for nuance and intersectionality in his work and i think that is at in that time it was very difficult to do because a lot of people like there was a lot of racism that was going on but there was a lot of homophobia because of the aids epidemic and the stereotypes that it was a gay disease so for him to make space for both forms of his activism and to do so in such a prolific way i think it's such a talent and such an art you know 
and his films made room for that nuance and he asked those questions about racism and homophobic themes that were present in current media he questioned that through his films and he questioned that through his films and documentaries and he also answered those questions and made space for answers to be found through the people by letting these people tell their authentic stories with with no thing on how they have to present it and how they have to talk and how they have to be in front of the camera he really let these people be authentic because he understood that experience and he was part of that experience and i think that it is a consistent theme with all these icons that i'm talking about this month they're just the kind of people who not only created space and were part of the fight by their activism and doing whatever in their individual capacities but they also made space for others like them for black rights, for black gay rights, and provided nuance in their lives because they were nuanced and they were intersectional in their identities. Riggs was an outspoken advocate for LGBTQ plus rights and worked tirelessly to raise awareness about the gay experience for people of color. Riggs' legacy lives on through his films and writing, which continue to be widely studied and celebrated as sentimental works in LGBTQ filmmaking and activism history. He is remembered as an important voice in for gay rights and a pioneer in documenting and promoting the experience of black gay people. Personally, I think that his work was so prolific. Please go read his essay. It is so provoking and it's it's really a work of art. And that's I think that's the best way I could say it without saying so many words. So Marlon Riggs was definitely one of the kind of people I definitely wanted to highlight because of his continuous and consistent effort in making a space for black gay men and telling their stories. So with that, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of my Black History Month series. Tune in for the rest of this series where we're highlighting other important Black queer icons and head over to our TikTok and Instagram where we're doing important and unknown facts about Black history from all over the globe. This month, the American Funeral Podcast is your one-stop shop for everything Black history. So don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at The American Funeral to keep up with and be a part of the conversation. I don't just want to see y'all in the views. I want to see y'all in the comments participating in the conversation and making space for people. So... I have been your lovely host, Kyla Mangeshi. If you like this episode, check out our other episodes on Spotify. Don't forget to follow us and check us out every other day, every Tuesday and Thursday, because this is truly a Black History Month miracle, okay? The special I'm doing for Black History Month and Black History Month only. So, stay woke and happy Black History Month.